Okay, this uh, Colin Altavote, I'm here with Whitney Bevins. Uh, this is not the uh, intro to the podcast that maybe we would have loved to record, but I don't think this is a podcast about high school distance running. Um, and there is a situation at Huntington University and in Huntington, Indiana, that's certainly uh, related to high school distance running. And I just don't think we can, I'll have my other guest on later to talk about the sectional. Uh, I just don't think we can start the podcast and be silly and uh, talk about all the stuff that happens and have fun without at least addressing this really disturbing situation. So uh, I brought Whitney on. Whitney, we talked about it just a little bit at the meet yesterday. Uh, you coach at Westfield. I coach at Carmel at our sectional meet. And then we talked about it a little bit more at lunch. Um, so we're just going to go over this situation at Huntington that I know you and I and everyone else are both pretty disturbed by. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's happening in Indiana. Uh, it's definitely become a national uh, topic. Uh, so thanks for uh, making time to address it today, Colin. Okay. So an article came out, uh, time goes by in strange, uh, at least it feels strange. I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday of this week. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And it was an article by David Woods, uh, who works for the Indy Star. David Woods um, does a variety of things, as any journalist does, but he is really into Olympic sports and most specifically track and field. In this article by David Woods, um, it, alleged, it talks about a court filing, and I'm just going to read straight off the intro to this court filing, a complaint for damages and demand for jury trial. Um, it was filed by John Little on behalf of uh, Hannah Stoffel and Emma Wilson, who were athletes at Huntington University, and they were both athletes, uh, star athletes, while they were in high school. Uh, Hannah Stoffel went to Huntington North, Emma Wilson went to Greencastle. The following is the complaint of two former student athletes at Huntington University who were victims of a coach and his supporters that gave Larry Nasser-esque massages all the while acting like Lance Armstrong's Tour de France pharmacists injecting unknown substances into their bodies. His name is Nicholas Johnson, and he should be in prison. Nicholas Johnson and his co-defendants have been destroying the lives of young students and runners in northern Indiana for years. Today, plaintiffs take a stand to stop him and his enablers, and it lists the defendants as Nicholas Johnson, Huntington University, Huntington University Board of Trustees, Lauren Johnson, and Curtis Hines, and then it lists John Doe's one through 50, meaning that there's going to be other defendants that they don't yet know. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, and, and disturbing even to hear it again. Okay, so a quick summary of all of this. And I, th this police report has been around for almost two years. The court filing is new, and the, um, the, the article by David Woods, those are within the last the last week. But again, this police report is old. I have read through the police report, most of it. Some right. of it is very graphic and I could not force myself to read it, but I definitely got the idea of it. So on September 14th of 2020, so more than two years ago from now, Huntington North administrators uh, informed Huntington Police Department about an incident where a teacher had been told by a student about another student that was having an inappropriate relationship, that's a direct quote, with an adult, and that adult was Huntington University cross-country coach Nick Johnson. 
The investigation eventually centered around a trip in July of 2020, where Nick Johnson impersonated someone from Oregon University to take an unnamed minor. Uh, minors never have their identities revealed. Uh, there's certain speculation about this. We're not going to speculate on who that is, and we're not going to host that speculation on our message board on our website. Um, took a trip uh, under the guise of a recruiting trip saying that this minor uh, had to come alone for COVID restrictions and for the trip to be unofficial and for people not to know about it. This trip did happen. Um, on November 11th, then, uh, Nicholas Johnson impersonated someone from Oregon, made a fake email address, and sent emails to the victim and under the guise that the victim could show the, fa the family members to go on this trip. Uh, Huntington police contacted the, it was a real person, contacted the victim of this impersonation. She said that she had no knowledge of this and she did not own those email addresses, nor did she set them up. And that was not hers. By this trip took place in July of 2020. By early December of 2020, uh, the victim was interviewed by Huntington police Nick Johnson was interviewed by Huntington police and Lauren Johnson was interviewed by Huntington police, among other people, the victim's family. Um, some of the students that had initially reported their concerns, Huntington North, uh, Huntington North High School's administration, all these people were interviewed by the police department. In the investigation, it came out that Nick Johnson had, this is a direct quote, extramarital affairs and the identities of those are in the police department and with two members of the Huntington University team. Nick Johnson is the coach. He was having a physical relationship, extramarital affairs, it says, with members of the Huntington University team. And Lauren Johnson, who at the time was, was the assistant coach, was aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really concerning part. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, to sort through. Again, I know that's not the focus necessarily today, um, what we're doing. Um, but I think you just, it, just in that short brief period where, you know, you just see some of the um, unfortunate kind of um, manipulation that was happening. And yep. um, it's really too bad. So Nick Johnson is investigated for child seduction, kidnapping, and identity deception. Eventually, he serves 30 days in jail with home detention afterward. Child seduction and kidnapping were dropped. He was only he was only found guilty. He was only he only served time for the identity deception, which was pretending to be this uh, employee of, of either she, she's either an employee of Oregon University or she's an employee of Tracktown USA, um, pretending to be her to send this email. That's what he served time for. He's fired. He's either fired or resigned. I imagine he was fired from Huntington University. Huntington University then hired Lauren Johnson, his wife, to replace him. Which is sorry, I'm not. It just it's still shocking uh, that 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 it that it even took place. Um, I'm I'm not an I'm not an attorney, um, and I just want to do a statement of facts, <clears throat> and and maybe potentially we could have an attorney on. Um, to talk about this. I, I also need to figure out what, what is this podcast? And if it's mainly about high school recapping and previewing high school events, we do need to, 
we need to I, address this, but I, I don't know how many episodes we're going to do. We're not doing an episode on it now. This is just right. at the beginning of the sure. the podcast. But I, I think that's the very start of Huntington's university's liability in this, that they they could have made a clean break from it. And according to David Wood's report, then this is connected. Chad Wilson, who was the father of Emma Wilson, who was one of the plaintiffs, said that afterwards, Nick, direct quote here from the Indy Star article, vowed to be reinstated at Huntington and said he would continue coaching through his wife. End quote. Uh, this, this is not just an allegation from Chad Wilson, who also told David Woods that he repeatedly sent emails to Huntington to address the situation and was told, again, this is from the article, was told uh, to stop, that they, they, they were done investigating. Well, he was, he was told to stop sending so many emails about this. Um, and David Woods in the article says that this, this claim from Chad Wilson was corroborated by another person. That's part of it. The other part of it is that in this article from David Woods and the court filing, which came out, I, I believe, early this week or, or late last week, um, that they detail potential use of performance-enhancing drugs given to the athletes initially under the guise of some sort of research study and that the athletes became um, suspicious of this. And uh, Hannah Stoffel in, in the court filings talks about forcible injections, uh, forcible massages, things like that. Um, John Little is the attorney for this. John Little has been the attorney on, um, I, I don't want to say similar cases because there's really nothing similar to this, but he's he is he is not defending he is um representing plaintiffs he was involved in the larry nasser trial he's been involved in some other things and and john little was your college teammate yes correct yeah so you, you know you know him and i i grew up in northern indiana mm -hmm. and so the johnsons are right around my age i didn't go right. to huntington north high school but we were in high school at the same time um curtis hines who's named as a defendant in this um, Curtis Hines and Lauren Johnson have been uh, suspended from Huntington University. Um, they've been taken down off of the site. It did take Huntington more than 48 hours after um, this uh, court filing and after David Wood's article to take action on that. And it also said that, that Curtis Hines has been um, suspended um, on administrative leave from his teaching position. He teaches at Huntington North High School. Now, in this, it says that you know, we do know that, that Lauren Johnson, at a minimum, was aware of the physical relationships that her husband had with members of the team. It does not say that Curtis Hines knew about any of this, but it alleges that he either knew or should have known. So it's negligence on the part of, of anybody that either knew and ignored it or should have, should have known based on their position. Right. And I, I think the little bit kind of what we talked about yesterday is in what we're doing this morning is a little bit of addressing partly an obligation on coaches like in high school. Our role, I know we had the uh, conversation with uh, Coach Marshall yesterday is is it should we discuss this with our athletes? What's our obligation in that? Um, it, you know, if questions come to us, how do we talk about it with our athletes and what is our role in that? And also in and I think 
having recognizing the obligation of of coaches and you know if we see or know something's happening it is absolutely our obligation um to make sure our our athletes are safe um at the high school level we're both high school coaches right and i'm a high school teacher we are mandated reporters we we could and rightfully would do jail time if we knew of abuse and did not report it we are man we are mandated reporters right reporters for things like this i have a couple thoughts what, what do you want to say about this kind of after this summarization of the case that one it's incredibly sad uh for the athletes who went through this um for any potential athletes still at Huntington, um, for any athletes that were at Huntington during this time, um, I think I definitely just want you know for my girls to know I you know athletes that you know this is not this is not normal collegiate athletics. Um, this is not what it's like in college. Uh, I don't want them being fearful that you know this happens. Yes, it's clearly happened, uh, but you know that I want athletes to feel safe that they can run at the collegiate level um, this is not normal <laughs> um so that's kind of a, an initial thought <clears throat> i wrote down in my notes here and i wrote in all caps and that is and you and i talked about this yesterday the there's a lot of roles in in coaching and in athletics and you know we're not in administration but in administration and, and this civil case is a lot about the fact that Huntington University did not live up to their responsibilities. Um, but the primary responsibility of a coach working with school-aged athletes, now when they're in high school, they're, they're minors. When they're in college, they're not minors, but you're still in a position of authority. And the primary responsibility is to keep them safe. Right. And sometimes that's keeping them safe, making sure that they're being appropriately supervised sometimes it's keeping them safe from themselves when there's things that they want to do for their mm -hmm. performance and you don't allow them to do it and these these women uh are clearly describing a, an environment in which they were not safe they they were not they were not kept safe um the other thing I wrote down is that Nick Nick Johnson describes this physical relationship that he has with the athletes in the police report that they were the aggressors for whatever that means and that it was consensual, which by definition cannot exist regard, regardless of age. By definition, that is impossible. They cannot consent to a physical relationship with the coach. Right. <clears throat> I think, and even what's, I think more disturbing is uh, we know for sure there are two athletes um, and due to like just the negligence of Huntington University, like let's hope there's not more. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the most more disturbing things is that where this article is coming out two years after, or this in this lawsuit is coming two years after he went to jail. So what, what else went on? Like, wait, let's, let's hope, let's hope that, other athletes were safe and didn't have to experience what these other um, women went through. And one of the fathers 
of one of the plaintiffs did say that he vowed to continue coaching through his wife. Direct quote from the article. Quote, said he would continue coaching through his wife, which was an option because his wife was still the coach. And they say in David Wood's article, it says that team members were told they could go to the Johnson residence for camaraderie and advice after after he had yeah. been released from prison. Yeah, and he's there. <laughs> and I I had an these are public records and any of us can look it up, but you know, I, I had an attorney check on this. Nick Johnson and Lauren Johnson are still married. And yeah. they were in this uh court filing, they were uh served at the same address. Um the last thing I want to say is that the running community in a state the size of Indiana is pretty close knit. Right. So I know, or in the past have known, you know, that we didn't ha have a relationship, but I knew two of the defendants. You know, one of the named attorneys. Mm -hmm. I know one of the named attorneys. I coached five different kids that were teammates with Hannah Stoffel at um, Indiana. She went to Indiana on two different stints and went to Huntington in, in the middle of that. Uh, you know Emma Wilson's high school coach relatively well. Yeah. And I don't think that we're the most well-connected people in the whole state. We're just right. representative of kind of coaches. Right, a small population. And this is, it is a pretty close community. And bad people can do bad things and then they get in trouble for doing those things and they do time. And then part of it is it's on us to say, you're, you're, you're not in our community anymore. Right. But that makes it hard when the, when the big organizations don't do that. They're not, yeah, they're not stepping up and supporting, um, these athletes or even, um, yeah, the, basically the community to, to keep these kids safe. Um, even if we had spoken up and clearly, you know, obviously because of the police report, somebody did try to speak up and, um, in, in it, rightfully so in protection of the, the minor. Um, and thank goodness that happened. Um, but yeah, we are a small community. I think it is, it is our job to, um, kind of nurture in, like you said, it's, it's a, we sometimes see some of these kids more than their parents. So it is absolutely a, a kind of a parental role sometimes uh, to, you know, to take on that responsibility to make sure they are safe. All right. Well, not the most fun segment we've ever done, but I, I think it's important at a minimum to, to acknowledge it and not just come in, you know, off the top rope and talk about how great the weather was at the sectional and how everyone ran their best times and how fun it is. And it is fun. Um, the running distance running, being on a team, but when something like this happens, we, we obviously have, have to acknowledge it. So thanks for coming on. No problem. Yeah. Thanks Colin. Yeah. There's just so many layers and, um, as it relates to our sport and safety and the athletes and just, there's so many layers to it. And so I appreciate you taking the time to address it this morning. Um, and yeah, if hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, 
Let's hope there's resolve. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks, Colin. Bye. All right. Colin Altavo and Lynn Marball, we're here to talk about the sectional season. Lynn is the general manager of Three Rivers Running Company. Uh, she is a former head coach at Fort Wayne Snyder. She comes from a running family. I have known Lynn longer than anyone in my entire life, other than my parents. Uh, and Lynn comes from a running family as well. Her father at one point was the head coach at Fort Wayne Snyder when she was the girls coach. He was the boys coach. And her brother is the uh, boys cross country coach and assistant track coach at Carmel. Lynn, you excited to talk about the sectional round? I'm very excited to talk about the sectional tournament, particularly because I don't have any skin in the game now. So I can actually enjoy the tournament and root for all kinds of different people and not be super nervous every single week. That's a really good point. I had never thought of that. Although you, yeah, you've got, you're partial to one team, certainly. I am partial to one team that's just north of Indianapolis. Um, and then there's a lot of runners around this area that I know personally, or um, people that were in our Appleseeds youth running program formerly. Sure. And I mean, the running community, I, I, we did a, a a segment before this um, about the un, really unfortunate uh, Huntington situation. But one of the things we talked about in that is that the running community is really tight knit and you're the general manager of the uh, big running specialty store in the second biggest city in the state. So you know a lot of people and you support a lot of people. I try to do my best. All right. Well, it's the silly season, we call it, and nothing sillier than uh, you and I going through all of these races. You, you, there's 32 sectionals, so we we don't have something on every single sectional. We're not uh, – we don't know a ton about uh, – you can hear in the background my uh, kids talking a little bit. Uh, you've, you've seen my kids why, before. Why isn't he asleep? Uh, it's the other one. Why is it – oh, she uh, she's yeah. on a – Yep. all kind of newborn schedule so yep yeah you know you know the deal she stays partying um, <laughs> she's an alto vote isn't she not she's an uh, alto vote. we'll get we'll get through each one we want to give recognition to at least the winning team and the winning individual we may not know a ton about each of them but we want to make sure this is a podcast about supporting positively promoting supporting and recognizing uh individuals and teams around the state here we go you ready i'm ready Sectional one, Highland, Lake Central girls, 20 points. Lake Central junior, Addison Roth wins in 1937. A lot of girls uh, named Addison now, and they're, a lot I of was, them are really good at running. I think that um, if your name is Addison and you start running, you're going to end up being really fast. So if your name is Addison, um, you can go by Addie or Addison, but just know that you're going to be very fast if you're not already. Yeah, there you go. There's all the it's motivation. A, it's you a need. guarantee. Mm -hmm. Lynn said it. On the boys' side, Lake Central boys, 36 points for the win. Shout out my boys at Lake Central. Those are my dudes. Munster Jr., Ralph Brown the third wins 16-17. As far as I know, he's the only one that's a junior, third, fourth, so on to win a uh, a sectional title individually this this year. What more can you want? Sectional two, Hebron, Crown Point girls, 28 points for the win. Hobart's Cassandra Cohen wins in the, an impressive time, 1858. 
and the Crown Point Boys, 54. Hanover Central's Ryan York, he's been top, 1601. They did not have grades listed at that uh, sectional, so I don't know them on those athletes, but two impressive times heading into the regional round. Sectional three, New Prairie, Valparaiso girls, 33 points. New Prairie senior, she's had a really good season. Lillian Zelasco dominates 17.55 and a sweep here on the boys' side. Valpo, 40. Valpo senior Jimmy Dillaball leads a 1-2 sweep for the Vikings, 15.51. Sectional four. Almost a grand slam there. Correct. Both teams won, and one of the individuals from Valpo won, but New Prairie uh, senior got in there and there was only one there was only <laughs> one sectional in all of the new prairie semi-state feeders that didn't have a sweep a team sweep and it was this one sectional four rensselaer central morgan township girls 25 points morgan township freshman peyton buker wins in 1929 i just i've got a feeling that we're gonna get ready to see a lot of high school kids named Peyton over the next couple of years. You can imagine why. Hey, well, yeah, in Indiana, for sure. And yeah, we're what, another 10 years from seeing it in Colorado. Although we won't, <laughs> we're going to live in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> if that changes for you, let me know. Rensselaer okay. Central boys, 36 points for the win. And Rensselaer Central, Tristan Wootry or Wootrich wins in 16-21. Sectional five, Benton Central. The Bison, Benton Central Girls, 40 Ooh. points for the win. And they won. There were two sectionals, Lynn, that came down to the tiebreaker. This was one of them. Benton Central, 40. Seeger, 40. Came down to the sixth runner. The Bison take it on their own home court. That's one of the better nicknames in the state. I agree, especially when you're talking about cross country. Feel right. like they it's, well, it's no great move as a pack. It's pretty good, yeah. Well, yeah, move, yeah that's, that's a good true. One, moving a pack, it's yeah. it's definitely in the top ten percent, I would say, of Indiana high school nicknames. You and I went to the same high school, and the nickname was the Panthers, which is kind of a weak name because it's the most common among. I like the, the Panthers because they're actually not very common in nature. They're not coming in nature, but it leads the uh, it leads the state in nicknames. Panthers, Warriors, Eagles, top three. Anyways, huh. Seeger Jr. Hadessa Austin wins. She broke the 19-minute barrier, which for girls is pretty legit. It's 19 minutes for girls is, is roughly correlated to 16 minutes for boys, uh, maybe even be a little faster. She wins that sectional, and then it was the Bison Boys, 41 points. Frontier senior Sawyer Ritchie wins 17.01 for Sawyer. Sorry, I read that incorrectly. Sawyer Richter, it appears. Sectional six at Harrison, a very fast course um, in nice weather. And this is another sweep. West Lafayette girls 32 and Westside junior Henriette Schinke wins 1913. A close one on the boys' side. West Lafayette boys, 46. Their crosstown rival Harrison of West Lafayette, 47. West Lafayette senior Elijah Stenberg wins. He ran 1548. He held off Harrison's Jaden Goins, 1553. And that's the whole meet, right? If Goins that's, beats Stenberg, yeah. that, that score right. flips. 
I mean, any runner could have been the one runner, but you got to think that the championship was on the line doubly there. At the top. Sectional 7, Manchester. When you were in high school, did you ever go to the Manchester Invitational or did that stop after my freshman year? No. We did not go to the Manchester Invitational, but I always heard rumors and whispers that it was the fastest course in the state. Oh, yeah, I like but how you fast. that was you also you when didn't, you're holding you're holding a T there in one hand. You didn't yeah, hold yeah, up yeah. the finger I, quilts. Fastest. Well, yeah. I never ran on it, so I cannot confirm. The girls ran 4K at that time, so tough to say. I uh, I remember we went to the Manchester Invitational my freshman year at Snyder. You would have been in eighth grade. Uh, you might have gone to watch. I don't know. I don't know your social schedule then. I think. But, uh, I, I ran have. my worst race of the year and I ran my best time. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, it's probably a new course. We're not here to throw shade on the Manchester course. They got a new course. They, they're redoing their program. Um, Manchester invite section or Manchester sectional rather number seven, Warsaw girls, 31 points, Joey Restrelli. We call her big race Restrelli. She won in a big race here, 1824 on the boys side, Warsaw 34 Culver senior Hunter Miller wins 1638. I'm hearing that Culver is getting not twins Lynn, but triplets star triplets and perhaps a cousin and that Culver could be a contender on the boys side in two to three years. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I have not. Well, I'm anyways, not sure there you what go. you're talking about. That's, did you make it up? I did not. Somebody has been emailing me about that. Um, keeping me in the loop, which I appreciate. You got Sectional all kinds of eight. sources. Yeah. My tentacles reach all over the state of India. <laughs> Sectional eight Logansport. McConaughey girls, 42. Northwestern has a really good top duo. Hannah Moore, she's been All-State in the past. 1857, and then uh, Northwest, Northwestern's second runner runs 1911. The McConaughey boys reciprocate there. 51 points for the win. Winamax senior Colby Wegner, 1636. Any quick thoughts there on the New Prairie semi-state sectionals? There's eight of them. Might be the easiest semi-state to advance from the state meet, right? Yeah, it seems like we're going to see a lot of the same teams on the boys and girls side. But these scores are pretty low, so it seems like they're going to get some – seems like it. Uh, we might be able to see the teams that are going to make it out pretty easily. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of the – it's – one of two semi-states in which I don't think the regional round is going to be all that consequential in terms of who makes it out of the semi-state. And I think after the break, we can go through and talk about, um, or maybe even within this, we can talk about, okay, this semi-state, here's the big regional because a team that could make it out of the semi-state, somebody's got to go before that. And you've, you know, your dad was the coach at Snyder um in years and and one of your family friends is the coach at Snyder before that that there were years Snyder could have made it out and didn't make it could have made it out of the semi-state to go on to the state meet and didn't make it out of a very very tough regional we're going to see a couple of those here and we're going to move on to the New Haven semi-state feeders which is supposed to be at Huntington here in two weeks and we'll see where that actually takes place uh hey I I 
I don't know anything about uh, courses, but I'm just going to give my opinion. I think it should go back to PFW. That course is uh, pretty fast and all of the Fort Wayne teams practice on it pretty often. It's also now permanently marked. We, um, Three Rivers Running Company put some signage out with PFW. So we turned it into more of a permanent course that can, that can turn into like a championship course eventually. So we're trying to make it, you know, accessible and easy for people to use it. And um, any, basically any time that's outside of practice time for PFW, people can run on it. So I don't know that Paul Nydig, commissioner of the IHSA, listens to this podcast, mm. but I don't know that he doesn't. And yeah. so we're just reaching out to you right now. Me, a guy that wears a Three Rivers Running Company hat at every cross-country meet all year. I've noticed. And you, the general manager of Three Rivers Running Company, That's are true. saying, hey, if you want to have it at, at the old Plex course in Purdue, Fort Wayne, we're ready for you. Yeah. That's one I mean, option. you might have We're to also options, talk to the university, but, but uh, I, <laughs> I'm just saying I, I approve. I do see Paul Nydig walking. Next time I see him, I'll ask him. I don't know okay. where he lives, but it's relatively close to me because we see him walking while we're walking. Okay. Well, as long as you are already out there and he's already out there and you're not chasing this guy down while he's just trying to walk. Yeah, 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 I'll just, I know, because he, he likes to wear an IHSA hat, and I like to wear a Three Rivers Running Company hat, so how about your boy, Paul? He's always wearing a red uh, windbreaker with a gold sleeve over the top yeah. of one arm. That's how you can tell who he is. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that. All right, here we go. Fort Wayne Semi-State Feeders, sectional number nine, South Bend Riley. Man, there were a lot, I wish I would have added this up first. There were a lot of sweeps. Uh Penn girls, 24 points to win at Riley. Penn junior Mary Eubank wins, 1938. Penn boys couldn't keep up with the girls. They scored 26, so two more. Uh, Mishawaka sophomore. I think we talk about this guy, maybe the second most of any kid on the podcast, and this was Liam Bauschke. He wins in 1558, or 1550. Sorry, I read that wrong. 1550. You know why we talk about him? Because he wins all the time. Okay. Tend to talk Can't about argue the kids with that success. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Sectional 10 at Elkhart. This is on the Oxbow course. Northridge girls, 47. They went one through three. Senior Tame Bayless, 1850 for the win. On the boys' side, they scored 33 to win. And senior Jackson Miller, 1551. Here's a couple uh, courses and a couple sectionals and many schools you are familiar with. Interesting right. to get your feedback here. Sectional 11, West Noble. East Noble girls, a young team, 22 points for the win. Addison Lindsay has had a great sophomore season to follow up her good so- freshman year. She wins in 1921. And then the Cowboys win in, with 73 points. Here's another one of our top five, not top five in the state, but top five most mentioned runners Westview freshman Noah Bontrager wins in 1631. You know why we talk about him a lot? Because he wins. Because he wins. He's awesome. Uh, you're mm-hmm. familiar with this with this West Noble course. It's pretty tough, right? It can be tough. It's It has a pretty big hill that you have to go up, I think, three different times. You go up it pretty soon in the beginning of the race, and then you kind of sweep around this big pond. 
Um, so when you come in the third time, essentially into the finish, it's like you go up the, basically within the last 800 meters, you go up a pretty large hill. And then the downhill is kind of, you're kind of sideways on this side of this pond almost. So it can be challenging. It's got some other parts that are, that kind of roll pretty well and some good downhills. Um, but I think if you've run it once or twice before it can, it, it's manageable. Experience, I know one of my runners, matters. yeah, one of my runners, uh, actually got going a little too fast the first time up the hill and a lot of the guys got out fast. So he tripped and fell, <laughs> ended up getting fit. Jesse? Jesse Hamlin. Yeah. Um, you know what though? And, Things worked out for that guy. Yeah. It seems like he's doing pretty well these days. So he doesn't normally, uh, he wasn't used to normally getting fifth. So, but yeah, it, it's, it's not a bad course. It's a good coaching course in my opinion, because you can see a lot of different stuff. Um, but yeah, the East Noble girls look like they're going to be tough this year. They keep every, you know, every couple of years, they have really good teams. They do a good job over there. So Addison Lindsay, 1921, she wins. Noah Bontrager, 1631. It's it's not a lock, right? I mean, we're not in the, uh, you know, the Matisse and Cridge school of predictions over here with those two, but they both got a pretty good chance to finish in the top 20 at the state meet. So I think those times kind of show us like, yeah, that's, this course is not Brown County, Noblesville, Brownsburg in terms of potential speed. Right. Here's the yeah. other one you're familiar with. Oh, wait quick i want to give a quick shout out to uh karen hernandez she is our senior sales manager at the rivers running company she is the assistant coach at DeKalb, and i'm not sure but i think this might be their first the boys first sectional title at DeKalb. so go barons shout out and if it's not their first I sectional title that. i apologize but i good love job I, either way. I bet it's not because they had some really really good boys teams like before we were in high school yeah that's but it a could good be point. it could be first sectional title since this restructuring of all this stuff correct and we used yeah. to go to DeKalb in high school you and i again we went to the same high school we were a year apart in school snyder um i love that DeKalb course i don't know if it's the same one now i don't it's but, a little different but i also like it and some people i mean some people will complain about it, but it's got people complain it's got about this, anything. People will complain. People about in anything. Hamilton County complain about that Northview course. That Northview course is that's pristine. People complain yeah, about that's Laverne, the word and it's just like you, you can miss me with that. La <laughs> Laverne does not care about your opinions, except mine, obviously. I doubt it. All right, sectional twelve again. The place you're familiar with, based on where you grew up and where you live now. This was my uh, sectional. Fort Wayne sectional. Homestead girls, 51. Really close team score here. Uh, Concordia and Carroll, both 54. Now, no Addison Canabla this week. Homestead, uh, quite a bit ahead of Concordia, although I'm I'm not ruling Concordia girls out for the – I never do. They, would, the, they are a tournament team every you year. And I, we're, locked in, like, we're locked in here. Yeah, the – I mean, honestly, on the on the boys and girls side, Concordia tends to always start running their best in the tournament. Boy, so you'll see them start to me. get a little bit faster, you know, at conference. But sometimes that's not an indicator of where they're going to finish their season. They find a way to make it to state quite often. Concordia freshman Sarah Maple wins the race 1827. Now, it was perfect Woo! weather. The course ran Sarah really Maple. fast. 
Shout out Sarah Maple. Sarah, Sarah Maple. Maple. Not only might she get a team medal, she's looking like she could get an individual medal as well. It could be a double medal day for our girl she's, Sarah Maple. She's tough. She's tough. She. Um, she was a former apple seed as well. She was in like the first couple of years that we did it. Her dad, Josh Maple, who's now an assistant coach at Concordia, was our original apple seeds coach. Um, and What's then the apple seeds? he coached at DeKalb for a while, and then now he's at uh, Concordia helping coach these teams right now. Uh, apple seeds is our youth running program, so we have a couple different seasons youth running program um, where in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Northeast. Okay, so Northeast. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we host we um, we host our summer sessions at uh, Show Park, and then we're going to have a winter club coming up, a youth uh, winter running club at Turnstone. It's a good thing to get your kids involved in. It's a very manageable, appropriate amount for young kids. It's a good sport. Yeah, it's a good kind of stepping stone. They're in different age groups, so it's not like you know your six year old's going to be running with a thirteen year old or something. <laughs> that makes sense incremental to me. steps. On the boys' side, Concordia, 52 points. And uh, individually, Leo's Luke Chappelle, we call him the show, wins in 1546. You know, you're most familiar with the sectional. We've talked about it. Homestead girls have a very good chance to finish on the podium. Maybe could finish as high as third, um, given a normal outcome. I mean, if something crazy happens and, you know, one team gets bad fazolis the day before, they, they could move up. Um, Concordia boys, I think they've got a good chance to make the state meet above, above 50%. There's no, yeah. there's no star team in that kind of Fort Wayne proper. No, uh, there's, there's area, a couple but, of star athletes, but there's, it seems like a lot of the teams are tighter now than they've been in the past. I, I know several years ago, it was like the Carol and Homestead show. Yeah. Um, and Carol and, boys, Carol boys could make it homestead boys could make it they're all kind of in that region but it seems like a lot of parody in that that northeast semi-state this year mm -hmm. let's close out that uh that area of the state sectional 13 belmont norwell girls 47 canterbury senior anya ramrakiani wins nineteen twenty. Yeah. what were you saying i was gonna try to pronounce it Okay. Did you think I? Do you think I did all right? It's okay. No, no, no. Go. You're good. You're good. I mean, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do it wrong twice. But yeah, that, that would be she has improved family. a ton over the last couple of years. Anya has. She, um, couple of the, couple of people that I know used to coach at Canterbury, um, and I'm so I'm sure they're super proud of her for winning this sectional title. That's really impressive. And a senior, you don't. You've been. You've known me for long enough. You don't want me to go into my whole rant about how junior and senior girls tend to have success at close to the same rate that junior and senior boys do and that we should retire this notion that it's only freshmen and sophomore girls that do well in high school sports. You don't want me to do that, right? No, I think it's fine. You could go ahead and do that. Oh, did you okay. already do it? Yeah, I actually <laughs> thought you would say no, so I'm actually not going to No, do I'm, yeah, let's. You, you've yeah. heard it, you've heard it a hundred times. Um, on the boys' side, Bluffton, 67 for the win. New Haven senior Andrew Amos 1631 sectional 14 this is on a very fast course here at marion on a very nice day this was the closest of all the sectionals oak hill girls win on the tiebreaker over huntington north 
They each scored 57, and then the Eastbrook girls scored 59 for third. Oak Hill freshman Baruch Travis wins 1948, but on the boys' side, not quite as close of a score. Wabash boys, 34. Oak Hill junior Owen Jackson wins in 1619, uh, rather, and his teammate Trenton Sweet wins in 1626. And then we're getting kind of farther away. You think of all these places as Northeast Indiana. And then the other regional, the two sectionals leading into that regional are more like central Indiana, but with the population, the enrollment, things like that. It's, it's just, I don't want to hear on the message boards about how ooh, it's central Indiana bias. Um, it's got to break up in some way like that because there's so many more schools and so many more people in the middle part of the state. Anyways, sectional 15, Pendleton Heights. Hamilton Southeastern girls scored 22. HSE junior Maggie Powers, 18-22 to win. And the HSE boys scored just one more, 23. And here we go. Shout out to my guy, Liberty Christian Senior, Seth Price, 16-02 for the win. Sectional 16, Delta. Monroe Central girls, 62. Delta junior Nikki Sutherland wins in 17-05. This was the biggest margin of victory. I think it might have been more than twice the next closest margin of victory individually. Uh, Nikki wins by two and a half minutes. That's a lot. That's she almost would have won some of these boys races. She almost would have done that on the boys side. Wapahani boys uh, scored 33. Derek likes their chances to get out. You know, Derek, I know Derek. We're all kind of Northeast Indiana people. Derek, I know Derek. They've got a chance. He's in the kind of Lloyd Christmas division here on that. Um, the Wapahani boys, 33. Nick Cook, a junior from Wapahani, wins in 1536. Uh, we got 10 minutes here on this one, then we can get to the other one. Overall thoughts here on the New Haven semi-state feeders? This is a close hey. one. There's a lot of teams that could get out in two weeks. Yeah, and I think some of these regionals will be more telling than others. Um, the regional yeah. that, like the West Noble regional, it seems like a lot of the teams from the Northrop sectional tend to get out. But there's a couple of teams in there that I think are going to give people a run for their money. I don't so, think it's going to be as easy for the Northrop sectional teams to cruise on through that regional. Yeah, so in the past, the West Noble Regional, much to our chagrin, you know, because your dad at points was the coach at Snyder, and my very, very good friend, Derek, was the coach at Snyder before him. And, like, the West Noble Regional was the second hardest regional in the state. And right. now it seems like it's, it's flipped, and it's going to be the Elkhart Regional that's the second toughest regional to advance from. And so... Next week on the boys' side at Elkhart, Northridge, Penn, and Goshen are locks to get out. They're going to get out. Right. And then four teams for two spots to advance. Northwood, Adams, that's South Bend Adams, Mishawaka, and Elkhart. And Mishawaka had a runner who hadn't raced for several weeks, and he did race last week. So four teams for two spots. And all of those teams – they're not all likely to get out. I think, in fact, statistically, it's most likely that none of those four get out, but they've all got a chance. Right. And Makes somebody's got to go. They're not all yeah. getting out. They're not all advancing. 
No, but someone will. Someone could of, of those four. It, sorry, someone could advance from the semi-state to the state meet of those four. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're hey, you're telling me there's a chance. Just when I thought you couldn't get any done. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go through quickly here in the next seven minutes, the Shelbyville semi-state. We'll take a break. We'll get back to uh, talking about the implications of this and then going uh, to the southern part of Indiana. Okay. Sectional 17, Brownsburg. Brownsburg girls, 41. Avon Jr. Jessica Hegedus wins 18 flat. Brownsburg boys, 37. Avon Jr. Sam Clore wins in 15-43. That's a great course at Brownsburg. They take excellent care of it. They put the IHSA logo. They make it feel like a real tournament meet. Shout out to Brownsburg for having a good course and running a good meet. Can't wait for the invite there next year. Sectional 18, Ben Davis. Another sweep. Zionsville girls, 21. Southport Jr. Evelyn Garcia, 19-16 for the win. The Zionsville boys sit many of their key boys, but they still win with 25 points. Perry Meridian Juniors, Luke and James Haggerty, 1-2-16-14 and 16-18. I like when there's twins. I like that they went 1-2. Yep, I agree with you. I'm, I give them two thumbs up, one for each of them. <laughs> Paul Pierce, that's why he brought you here. Okay, I was at this one. It was as exciting as I'm going to uh, convey right now. Sectional 19, Noblesville. Noblesville girls sit some of their best athletes. They still win 50 points. Garen Sr., Bridget Gallagher wins 17.48. That's a new school record for her by 25 seconds. No big deal. Six girls broke 19 minutes. And then the boys' side, shout out. Carmel boys, 25. They were led by Charging, Charlie, Ledkey, 15-24 for Charlie. He wins by 30 seconds. And then I will say this. I, I said on the last podcast, I'm sure you listen across multiple platforms, Lynn. I said, watch out. I want the whole state to look at the results for Kyle Grove and Max Meisner. And my little dudes, I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They're my little guys. I love them. 1556, 1557 for those little dudes. And uh, wow. I, I believe how many were... is that under 16 at this point in the season? For who? Us? Kong? For the Greyhounds. Seven and another boy ran 16 flat. So 16 wow. flat, 16 flat point oh. 16 flat. Point oh, and he's number eight. Uh, well, I mean, number eight on time. He had beaten those boys that you know the, the week before that, that sat out. That I'm week. just saying that's pretty. That's pretty good. Oh, thank you. That's very nice of you to that's say. That's pretty good. Yeah, my brother coaches at Carmel. Oh, really? That's so nice of you. It's uh, sectional yeah. twenty, Burbuff, North Central Girls, forty-three, Shatard Senior, Lily Cridge, sixteen forty-six, sixteen forty-six. It's the fastest I... sectional time. Duh. Um. Is that a record of just it's fastest ever run in Indiana for a girl, for okay. uh, a high school girl? High school on a, on a high fastest would... fastest five thousand meter high school time for a girl, and I, I don't know what Anna would have run. Anna Roar, we're on a first name basis. What she would have run in high school, but that's it's pretty substantially the fastest one. Yeah, I I can't remember seeing a sixteen, unless it was on a track. Correct. Uh, that Chittard, is very, very fast. I agree. 
Chittard boys, 59 points, a kind of a coming out party for the Chittard boys. I think they've got a good chance to make it out of the regional, the fastest, uh, most competitive regional in the state next week. Uh, North Central senior, nasty Nate Killeen, 15-48. I saw that was his third consecutive sectional victory. Uh, sectional 21, Mount Vernon. Franklin Central girls, 17 points. That's not a lot. Uh, and sophomore no, Savannah Miller wins the race for the Flashes, 1905. The boys, 29 points for Franklin Central. Uh, your sister-in-law went to Franklin Central. Uh, Mount Vernon senior Tristan Trevino, 15-38. And he beat Franklin Central senior uh, Braden Henkel. We call him the Fieldhouse, 15-42. Time's ticking here. Sectional 22, Connorsville. The Centerville girls, 33 Try freshman Jillian Chu wins in 2020. Northeastern boys, 40 points for the win, led by senior Chase Katz. That's a great name, Chase Katz. That is a great name. Sectional 23, South Dearborn. East Central girls, they're in the, I don't even know if they're in the Lloyd Christmas division. I think they might have a realistic shot to get out of the Shelbyville semi-state. Yeah. 24 yeah. points. They defeat Batesville. By seven, uh, Batesville scores 31. East Central freshman Callie Bentley wins 1853. Then the Milan boys. How about that, Bobby Plump? Milan wins 54, 45 points, rather. Flip that around. 45 points for Milan, their first sectional win ever. At least that's how it was reported on the message board. Milan junior Ben Riley wins 1624. Last one, uh, not a course I'm familiar with, but at least an area based on college. I went to Franklin College. Franklin girls, 44 points to win. The Indian Creek duo of freshman Libby Dowdy, 1829, and senior Abby Fleetwood, 1843. They went 1-2. And the Center Grove boys dominate 1551 team average. Uh, the Trojans wow. score 18 points. And Center Grove senior Ty Garrett wins in 15:30. We got about a minute, and then we're going to go to the break. Uh, I think we'll get to maybe some Shelbyville thoughts after the break. Any overarching stuff from those first 24 sectionals? Uh, girls are fast. Girls are fast. Girls, girls are, are very, very fast, fast in Indiana. Yeah. How would you like to run like 17:10 and finished a distant second in your sectional? I um. That's 1710 is also still so fast. I guess I would like it because I could still run 1710, right? Right. That's the that's exactly right. That's it doesn't matter what place I'm getting. If I was running 1710, I would be very happy. All right. And we're gonna talk more about uh the Shelbyville sectional, the Brown County, Shelbyville uh semi-state rather, the Brown County semi-state, and uh why you should be in a good pair of shoes and maybe some childhood memories. After the break. Sure. State championship winning coach Scott Litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country. While addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running, Scott provides details about how to create successful teams. Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. 
We're back. Okay. Any, uh, the Shelbyville semi-state, you know, being in central Indiana tends to be the most competitive one. We just went over all eight sectionals there in the, uh, that lead to that semi-state, all the, all the eight sectional, the feeder sectionals, any kind of overall thoughts on that semi-state? Other than how fast it might be, I that's honestly, I think it's going to be kind of a battle. There's the times on the girls' side specifically are going to be, it's you're going to have to run pretty fast to get out of that sectional. But I think Shelbyville is also known to be a fairly fast course, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, um, might be more history being made. So. And the interesting you thing don't about, sound that excited. Well, the interesting thing about the Shelbyville semi-state is that individually the top girls are not on teams that are going to get out. So it's so going to be really, really tough to advance individually. Yeah. They're um, all going head to head. Chittard, Park Tudor. I mean, that's, you know, probably the top four right there. And then who knows with, with Garen, um, as you look through the top individuals, it might be, you know, 12th place in that semi-state might only be three points. And on the girls' side, many of the top individuals are not on teams that will be there at the state meet. With the boys' side, it's the opposite. It's like of the top 25 boys, 22 of them are on teams that are likely to make the state meet, which is just interesting. interesting. And as you know, yeah. as I look historically, it's like, you know, the, the, the 03 Columbus North team scored 43 points at the state meet, but their fifth guy finished 40th. Well, this year, if the team that wins has a fifth guy that finishes 40th, that dude by himself is going to score 30 points. Right. And uh, yeah, and on the girl side, it's just, it's going to be Columbus North girls might finish six and eight let's say just theoretically six and eight and they might only score five points instead of 14 whereas six and eight on the boys side it's going to add up to like 12 or 13 yeah showdown next week at the noblesville regional on the girls side noblesville carmel north central those are locks to advance and then again like that elkhart boys regional four teams for two spots westfield chatard garen cathedral and the two teams that advance out of that are in a it, it's not a lock it's not even likely but they're in a they're in a position to make it to the state meet they're not a long shot they're not in the lloyd christmas division right i'm just i'm holding i'm holding my breath for garen are you yeah because we're out here lynn we're on these streets the streets yeah. of hamilton county yeah i know the you've heard Yellow brick road that runs down the middle of Hamilton County. Yeah, it's called the Monon, and that's where we do our PPMs. <laughs> we being Carmel and Garen, actually. Yeah, you know, I have heard a lot about PPMs from uh, my brother who coaches at Carmel. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, they uh, that's worship we someone named Pabo Nermi. Well, more like Rick, Rick Weinheimer, but whatever. Uh, let's get into <laughs> the southern sectional round. Sectional 25, Brown County, the Columbus North girls, perfect score, 15. 
Columbus North senior Brianna Newell, 1835. She wins over her teammates. Deep breath here. Four complete teams. Why? Why? Why are there only four teams? There are. I just, I just feel like. I, Eleven. I, I understand. I understand that. Together. I understand that I'm on the yellow brick road. Correct. And that there are just some things, having gone to Snyder and coached at Columbus North and Carmel, that maybe I don't understand. I get that. But when everyone's saying we need to maintain the current tournament, if there was a trial presented in front of Paul Nighting, which would probably be in an undisclosed location in central Indiana, so he, he and I could both walk there. And I was on the side of maybe we maybe we should compact this from four rounds into three. And I'd let the other side just go on and on and on and on and on. And then I would, I would just, I would push a button and I'd roll down the screen and they'd be like, oh, he's got a video or a PowerPoint. And I wouldn't, I would just have one thing and it would just be the results of this sectional that had four complete teams when five teams advance. And I would say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I thank you for your time. Yeah. That would be think that that you would probably win in that situation. I think athletes that run for some of these schools in central and northeast Indiana would probably be pretty uh, irritated to look at these results because there's there's actually not not even enough teams to fill the field. Well, the other re the other uh, regional, the other sectional will have five teams advance from that. So there will be nine complete teams at that regional next week at uh, Columbus okay. North. Anyways, the Austin girls win sectional 26 on their home course, 54 points. Charlestown senior Jessica McCoy, 1911 uh, to win individually. And the Austin boys, 33 points. Austin senior Brandon Rice, 1606, and he won big. Sectional 27, Bedford North Lawrence. Bloomington South girls, 29. Pretty dominant win here. Bloomington South senior Lily Myers wins, 1843. Over Edgewood senior Clara Crane, 1850. Two girls with a very good chance to finish in the top 25 of the state meet and earn all-state honors. On the boys' side, a much closer race here between Crosstown rivals. Bloomington North, 30. Bloomington South, 32. Bloomington South junior Ryan Ream did his part. He wins the race in 1554. Sectional 28, Terre Haute North. Another sweep. I should have counted the sweeps here. Get out your brooms. Northview <laughs> Girls 22. Linton Stockton Jr. Peyton Smith wins in 1855. That is two Peyton champions uh, among the sectionals here. Northview Boys 37. To win, Terre Haute North senior uh, Dylan Zeck wins 16-11. He narrowly defeats Northview junior Jason Grant, 16-13. Sectional 29, Crawford County. Shout out to Scott Lidskin here. Floyd girls, 24 to win. Floyd junior, Caitlin Stewart, 19-18. And on the boys' side, the Floyd boys win 31. And the Lords Aiden, 1550. Aaron, 1608. So there were at least two 
uh, twins that went one, two in their sectional round. They take the top two spots, not enough to beat Floyd central, even without their top two runners sectional 30 Jasper, the Jasper girls, another sweep Lynn, 44 points, Jasper senior, Allie Wigan, 1902 Jasper boys, 35 points and Jasper senior, Jaron Weinel wins 1601. Sectional I counted, 31. there uh, are 18 sweeps. 18 sweeps of 32. 18 of 32 are sweeps. And that last one you just read is a grand slam. There you go. You're right. A grand slam would be what? A school that has both team champions on the girls and boys side and individual champions. All four. That's a dream. Sectional 31, shout out Reggie Miller, South Knox, Princeton girls, 37, over the host, South Knox, who scored 41. Only, this was a chance to go one, another one-two sweep by twins, but only one of them ran. Uh, Heidi Mead, 18-29, she's a senior at Princeton. On the boys' side, South Knox gets revenge, 32. They beat Gibson Southern, who scored 34. South Knox Jr., Calvin Crabtree, 16-33 for the win. And then in the deepest corner of the state that we can get, Notre Day and Evansville, Wrights, 48. Wrights Jr., Cordelia Hoover, 19-21. The Wrights Boys, 53. Castle, 58. Wright's sophomores go 1-2 to help them secure the victory. Jackson Nolan wins in 16 flat. Any general thoughts from this kind of Brown County area, the Brown County feeders? No, the Brown County area is pretty fast as well. It's it's certainly on its way up, right? I mean, right. at times there have been like, man, that fifth team, that sixth team out of there, moving Columbus north from the Indianapolis semi-state, which they really, I mean, when it was in Carmel, I mean, they never should have been in that, but moving right. them to Southern Indiana makes more sense. Uh, you know, Columbus is like 15 minutes from Brown County and they were sending to the Carmel semi-state, which is like 60 minutes from there. Right. Um, this Brown County and New Prairie seem pretty straightforward and that the good teams the teams that could make it out of the state could make it out of the semi-state to the state meet have a pretty good chance to make it out of the regional, like a really, really good chance. Yeah. They have um, a good pathway versus new Haven and Shelbyville, which some of those teams are going to have to fight really, really fight two weeks in a row to, to get out. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of teams gunning for that. La basically that last spot that sixth spot at the semi-state but that's kind of how it always is right it also feels championship like season more more this year than in the past that it's just not so cut and dry like yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whatever happens the on the day right oh yeah yeah those will be really exciting and it's tended to be in the past like yeah, the odds say these are likely the six teams to make it through. And right. other than the Shelbyville boys, it is, like you said, it's going to be whatever happens on the day. It's going to be a fight to get out on, on those days. Yeah, it's a lot more competitive. I think, like, times are trending faster overall if you look at, like, 
kind of averages. I mean, not that I have, but if you did, um, girls across the state are just getting faster. And so to get kind of those same, you know, to make it to state, for example, at the New Haven sectional, you to be like 19 flat. I I don't know what it's going to take this year because there's a lot of girls running right around that same time, um, both on really good teams and individuals. So let's let's talk sho- let's talk shoes let's talk running apparel you are the general manager of the premier running store in indiana i don't mind telling everybody so what well, thank you what is the importance of good running attire which you sell well, at three rivers running company in fort wayne <laughs> on clinton north clinton i mean the most important thing for running of course, is shoes. Um, And I think that's part of what makes running so accessible. You really only need that one thing. So you want to make sure that it's something that's really good. We do what's called a gait analysis. So we watch people walk or run and then assess that footage, measure their feet, um, and kind of get them into a category of shoes that's going to work the best for them. So it makes a pretty big difference if you're in, you know, a shoe that works for the way that you run or the way that you hit the ground or not. Um, and so we've, we've been doing it for about 18 years and um, yeah, basically we, um, we have our. So talk me through this. Like I'm a high school kid. I, I like, I like, this is the brand I like. I heard it's really good. So can you give me can you give me some Nikes? Can you give me some Asics? What would you what would you, you tell a high school kid like that? Or anybody really? Yeah, I mean You don't have to be high school you don't have to be in high school to be uninformed, right? Like talk to me like I'm I'm an uninformed novice. I like I like I my friend runs in Saucony's. He said they're good. Can I have some Saucony's? So the brand doesn't really matter as much as the category of shoe. So if it's a neutral shoe, if it's stability, if it's straight lasted, there's all kinds of different types of shoes. And so getting in a kind of shoe that works best for your friend isn't necessarily going to feel good when you are running. So that's why we watch everybody run and we ask a lot of questions and go through like this whole fitting process because you know, at the end of the day, everybody is different. Everybody's preferences are different and everybody's needs are different. Um, And so we find this works the best and we have the best success with, um, you know, fitting people this way. So there's a whole, there's a whole fitting process that comes to getting shoes. How much does that cost? We don't charge anything for the fitting process. We do the fitting for anybody that's coming in for shoes about how long does that I'm coming in I want to get a pair of shoes about how long would that fitting process take it really depends on how much you want to try on and how much you want to test them out but we tell people to budget 15 to 30 minutes typically for it and then so there'll be it'd be 30 minutes every time I came in to get some new shoes well the next time you come in we would have the type of shoe that you got the last time in our computer system so we'd be able just to pull it up see what size you had, see what type of shoe you had and bring out, 
you know, basically the exact same thing or something similar. That sounds pretty reasonable. That must yeah, be why. I believe you've shopped at Three Rivers Running Company before. You know what's funny though is I still don't. So at at the store, I believe at Three Rivers Running Company, which sometimes I just call the store because you know my my dad owns it. Um, I believe you call it the running store. <laughs> there is a there's like a uh, a process where like Kroger points or whatever that you spend a certain amount of money and you get money off, right? On yeah, your account. It's, yeah, it's a frequent buyer account. So it's what's, basically a loyalty program. Yeah, so what's funny is that I still don't, no matter how much I've gone there, I still don't have my own account. I just give all my points to my sister. Yeah, well, it, you can do whatever you want, but... Um, she does definitely appreciate keeping those points uh, because she's the one that's doing all of the work. Yeah, no, I'd imagine so. Um, well, hey, thanks for coming on. You want to do a miscellaneous minute? Sure. Okay. Uh, favorite childhood memories? Just randomly pulled out of the hat. Hmm. What are some of your favorite childhood memories? Trying to think of something... It's not embarrassing for me, but all I keep thinking of is embarrassing stories. That's going to be tough. (laughs) You might want to get started. Those are always, I feel like those are the ones you remember the most, but I don't know that it would be my favorite memory. Well, throw, throw one out. See what sticks. Hmm. Your your sister-in-law left the room and your niece is just making noise in the background here. Well, does she need something? I don't know. She, she does, she she's a baby. Talk. Why don't you she's check three on months her? Old, she doesn't talk. Well, is she, she's just sitting there by herself? Well, I mean, she's like 12 feet away from me, but. Okay. All right. Now, here we go. Favorite childhood memories. feel like i should have had one already keyed up but i can't well yeah it's only if only someone would have sent you the outline to this you know i mean it's the very last thing so i just didn't think about it like going to my grandparents house like my parents had these tickets and they would go watch the philharmonic in fort wayne (laughs) and there were one of two things when i went when i went to my grandparents house you could probably relate to this there were one of two things we either got McDonald's. Can or, I guess the other one? Yes. Pizza Hut. No, Pizza Hut was for birthdays. <laughs> Pizza Hut was for birthdays only. I can't. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't know. That. The other thing was that Grandpa would make us like this, like pot of like, like uh, potatoes, carrots. Like beef beans and and sausage. Those oh, are two options. Never mind. That's would, different. And then we would watch. This is like clearly like I mean I was born 1987. You were born 1988. We're 16 months apart. Like Correct. this is straight out of the 90s. Like we'd go over there, and you know we get to stay up a little bit later than usual, and they would always play like on like you'd record on like the VCR and we would watch Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yep. 
Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, was locked deep and somewhere in my brain. And now it's at the forefront. Now yep. I'm never going to stop thinking about Dr. And Quinn. Play, and, play, and play cards at grandma and grandpa's house, which you could have bought. You decided not to because, you know, like actual adult decisions. But it was for sale. <laughs> it was for sale when you were looking for a house. It was for sale when I was looking for a house that was a different size and had a different floor plan. What? When you... How often do you have dreams about your childhood? Like that I'm a child or dreams of something that happened in my childhood? Like that you're a childhood or about like places from your childhood that you don't see anymore, right? You don't see your grandparents' house. You don't see the house that you grew up in. You don't see the first house that we grew up in. Like, I, not super often. The dreams that I have basically recurring are high school college it's always okay. the late to class haven't been to class missed the final etc anxiety nightmare okay so that's that's funny because all of my dreams either fit into one of two we're, hey by the way people listening like we're in the skip ahead portion you've already listened it's fine my <laughs> dreams fit into like one of two buckets one would be what you said except for the fact that you're not involved in high school or college anymore. I still am. I'm a high school teacher. Yeah. And so in my dream, I'm like, I'm late to class, but also why am I going to class? I'm the <laughs> teacher. Like, am I going to go to, am I going to go to first period in math and then come back and teach Spanish? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and the other half of my dreams are like, being a kid, well, sometimes I'm not a kid. I'm an adult in the dreams, but it's like our house on Hazelwood, our house on Maxim, and I'm a I'm an adult, but for some reason we're in I'm in that house for some situation. Those are my those are my two types of dreams. That's it. I thought. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you used to have like teeth falling out dreams. Well, my teeth fall out in every dream. That really? Oh yeah, no, still like yeah. I'm oh, an adult. Here we are. I'm in the house. I'm like it's now. It's 2022, or even in the future. And for some reason, I'm like walking around the old neighborhood, and I go to our old house on. Obviously, I wouldn't say the address, but and I'm just like want to look around the old house, and then I'm walking around it, and my teeth fall out. Everybody has teeth falling out. In your dreams, or you mean everybody has that dream? Everybody I've never, never it's had the, that dream. It's, okay, well, I've researched this for the, you know, for the podcast, obviously. That is the most common theme in dreams is teeth falling out. It, apparently, it's like um, fear of losing people or fear of losing things. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so apparently one of the it's two of us literal. is more worried. Yeah, one of the two of us is more worried about losing people than the other one. But Yeah, well, maybe you should work on your personality. <laughs> Even, I think that's and, what this podcast is for, right? Just been trying telling, out bits. You've been telling making, me that for many moons. Many jokes, making jokes. <laughs> if only eight-year-old you could hear us now. Yeah. She Oh man. Well, so what are your what are your plans awesome. for what are your plans for the holidays? Miscellaneous minute. What do you what do you want to do for Thanksgiving? What? Usual what? you you guys what do you want to do? That's like two months away. It's like six weeks. What? You want to do the usual? Just come here for Thanksgiving? 
yeah, I guess we could come down to Hamilton County. All right, cool. Christmas, what do you want to do? Go to our parents' house? Sure. Yeah, that's what we usually do. I mean, seems seems like the move. Seems like the place to be on a day like that. Get the kids together. I kind of thought you were, when you said the holidays, I wasn't sure if tomorrow was a school holiday because it's a bank holiday. It's technically it, Columbus what, Day. But we, I mean, it's Indigenous, Indigenous People's, People's Day. Day. Yeah. We're not going to celebrate Columbus Day. That's uh, probably a good move. I think that on like the Apple calendar app, it has both of them on there. So that's something, right? It's something. It's, yeah, you could yeah. definitely say that. Should we congratulate Derek? Uh, yes, we could. Yeah, Derek uh, Leininger, the boss, the one that enables all of this. He you had know. his second, he and his wife had their second child. Uh, what was that? Yes, yesterday. Technically yesterday. Yesterday morning, yeah. like early, early yesterday morning. Yeah. Baby you know Jane. What? My man, Derek, is such a good friend. He's been responding to my text messages about like summer school teaching, Indiana runner. Like he's on yep. it. Are you, are yeah. you signing? I'm looking at you right now. Are you signing with your one of your hands? Do you still do that? Nope. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, I do. Definitely do that. <laughs> the one habit you couldn't kick. You know what though? No. All the habits you could have, like cigarette smoking or whatever. Like yeah, this one seems doing more random convenient sign language since I actually fine. know part of another language and have used it in times. Sure. Sure. So I wish I knew more, but you know, who's cool, got the man. time? Yeah, who's got the time? Well, are you going to edit stuff out to make me sound cool? I just, yeah. We're, we're, you just we're both the from whole Fort thing, Wayne. We're both from the Fort Wayne telepathy network. We can speak mind to mind. And on top of that, I mean, you know, your daughter is my niece. That's true. And she my is. son is your nephew, and my daughter is your niece. So, yeah, shout out, shout out Solo. Yeah. Solo. So you can hear. You know, CJ in the background. CJ, yeah. Cool. My favorite CJ. <sighs> the little one. Yeah, well, that doesn't hurt, but that's fine. Uh, anything else? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. And I mean, I think talking I think to we, me, even though you really didn't have to. You know, I think we can all agree that uh, if you're anywhere in Indiana, Three Years Running Company is the place to go to get your stuff. I think we can all agree. Cool, man. All right. Hey, go hounds. Go hounds. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.